conferences, long agendas, big venues, always on your feet, barely getting to see the people that you want to see, and then, of course, the expense. Well, the three of us at Good Morning Hospitality are launching Good Morning Retreats. Our first retreat is this July 8th through the 10th at the Horse Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. If you go to goodmorningretreats.com, you'll find out more information about our first retreat that we're launching. We have already filled half the slots. We have 20 available and we have about 13 already filled. So make sure you go there, you apply, show your interest, and we'll get you all situated for our first ever Good Morning Retreat. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. And now back to the episode. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Morning, you two. Look Good at these morning. faces. <laughs> Good morning. How are we doing? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? It is. You no, know, it is. Fall is here. Pumpkin spice lattes are everywhere. Yeah, it's only 80 degrees in Miami. So crisp <laughs> fall weather. <laughs> right. Love that. What's the humidity level? Still 70% or, or actually what? that's the beauty of it. That's why it feels cooler because there's less humidity. So I guess this means I've adapted finally after six years. <laughs> it's finally about time. Finally. Speaking of uh, pumpkin spice, though, this uh, Nespresso pod is my favorite one that I've had so far. I'm not going to lie. I, I yeah. just took a sip during the intro play. And I was like, ooh, ooh, <laughs> that was good. Spice. Not It's, it's like not pumpkin mom. spice, but caramel. Just a chef's oh, kiss. Um, anyways, how was your guys' week, weekend? We, uh, again, well, kind of slower. You want to shout out that? That uh, espresso thing, real quick. Look at that, that beauty. one right there. That uh, right oh, yeah. there. Yeah. Are you trying to get sponsored? Uh, uh, it is a sponsor. We got a, a oh. special little little shout out, which we're not like officially announcing anything because we're gonna wait till the book direct show where we can like showcase it in real life. But if you're an Airbnb host or a property manager and you love to have quality coffee stations at your properties for your guests, then. You need to go sign up with Host GPO and get your coffee box because Good Morning Hospitality approves for sure. We have a custom box just for the Good Morning Hospitality crew, which is pretty much all coffee based. But yeah, yeah. So that's the the sneak peek. But um, Brandy, you're going to be getting one here shortly. Yeah, you know, I'm like, where's my box? I'm, I was going to say we got it. Well, Jamie also feels very left out whenever we play the intro and his face isn't on it. So <laughs> oh, <no. it's, laughs> I got to fix. Uh, Who's running the show anyways? Well, I don't know. Some amateur, man. I, we have a horrible producer. He sucks. <laughs> um, but <laughs> anyways, now that we're back, uh, how's your guys week? Uh, everything good? Dandy? Yeah. Life. It was a good, 
good week, I think. I mean, and I had a nice relaxing weekend, tended to my plants. So, well, you know, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> how was everything in Miami? I know you're probably tired of getting the question, mm. but, um, yeah, Hurricane Ian, like yeah. how did, how has that, uh, impacted Sextant, you guys personally, like living there? Yeah. I mean, Miami just somehow misses all of these, like, hurricanes every year it's i mean knock on so much wood um but i mean we had we had to like bring in all of the outdoor furniture and it was very windy and there was some rain and some flooding but like nothing close to what the west coast got so mm. we're very lucky in that respect and really the only impact on the business was like some people couldn't get out you know that we're staying yeah. and then some people had to move their stays because they couldn't fly in but no we were very lucky so um yeah, we we made it out unscathed. Awesome, that's good to hear. I was, uh, yeah, that was definitely a little worried. I was like, oh, we're not gonna have Brandy this week. She's gonna be <laughs> MIA. <laughs> but you are you're alive and well, so that's yes. That's good. But yeah, it's uh, not been easy to look at. Like, what was it? Not Fort Myers, but is it Fort Myers? Fort Myers, yeah. I mean, yeah. and Sanibel too. I have uh, friends who have places there and it's just, it's devastating hearing what's what's happened. Totally washed, washed away. Yeah, it's crazy. So, you know, thoughts and prayers to everybody out there um, for sure. Yeah, it was, Michael, it was what, two years ago that Burma had an event down in, in Marco Island. Is uh, yeah. it Marco or Sanibel? It's no. Marco. I think I remember there there was the what was the Verbo Home Away conference? There was one of those on Marco Island in September a couple of years ago, right in the middle of hurricane season. <laughs> mm. It's the cheapest time for conferences in Florida, for sure. Yeah. Well, so, let's say, fingers crossed again, and book direct and uh, I was gonna weeks. say, yeah, yeah, knock on more wood because uh <laughs> we're just hoping that you know, thank God Miami didn't get hit, but you know, we have a property in, in Kissimmee. And thankfully, like that little bubble that the neighborhood it was in, like untouched, super like thankful. But a lot of people like couldn't make it because, you know, streets were flooded and a bunch of other other stuff, power outages and and craziness like that. So, yeah, hopefully we just uh, have seen the last of that for this time of year. Um, Would love to actually attend Miami's Book Direct show. Um, I think you're in the clear Uh, later. Later in October is usually pretty safe. All right. Well, you'll probably uh, give or save Damien. I'd say, uh, yeah, save save Damien a a heart attack. I know that was like the as we like came together to do this event, he was like the biggest worry. He's like, oh, Miami, I hear about hurricanes all the time, and I was like, oh, we'll be fine. The H word. Yeah. Well, he did. Yeah. Well, you're um the venue that the show's at is like a couple blocks from our warehouse. So if it does Mm -hmm. rain, you know, we'll just move move it inside the warehouse. Less elegant, but functional. Second story. Yeah. That would be fun. That would be fun. Very cool. Well, um, speaking of, you know, destinations and all the things that happen inside of them, uh, this is a fun conversation because um, I'm personally passionate about this. Uh, But before we go into the actual topic itself, we did see some news and we want to give a quick shout out to our friends over at STR or STRs uh, with a Z shorttermrentals.com uh, for uh, putting out the article about Guesty uh, with some acquisition going out there uh, the last week uh, with the pickup of Kigo and Hiram, I'm guessing is how you say it. I was going to say Hiram, but I think it's Hiram. Uh, so yeah, a little bit of a spending spree. 
which which I think we said was kind of expected when they did their fundraise. So do you guys think uh, any particular reason why on Kigo? I'm kind of curious. You know, I'm also curious. That was the first, I mean, years ago now. I am, I've am i gone through uh, four different PMS migrations. So I've kind of like, I've touched them all at this point, it feels like. <laughs> um, and Kigo was the first one. But they, it was before they had gone through, I think, like a major revamp. And we didn't even like on board with them. So I don't even, it, I'm surprised because I feel like they haven't been as much of like part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so It'll, I'm I'm also curious. I don't know who has the insight. Yeah. On that. Um, I know a little bit about this deal. <laughs> um, Not surprised. So I mean, Kigo has been kind of the. They were a brainchild for uh, Real Page to break into short-term rentals, and ultimately, it wasn't the right way for a multifamily company to break into short-term rentals. So. Uh, RealPage brought in Migo and is going after like actually what they're good at, which is multifamily software. So it made sense to kind of divest Kigo and focus on on the uh, multifamily product. So, uh, I mean, for Guesty, it's a, a good footprint in Europe. Uh, Kigo's pretty strong over there. But it was, I think it's a mutually beneficial deal. It wasn't a fire sale by any means, but it also wasn't, uh, you know, something that bid up the price into the, into the atmosphere for, for the desire to have Kigo. So it's a win-win for all around. Um, and congrats to, to those involved. Yeah. Never, never had the product myself, but I heard about them when I first got into the industry, like, six or seven years ago so good stuff glad that they've had a successful sell um sweet so yeah going into that was pretty much like the main news there's a couple other pieces of uh content um around like more ipos i think some uh there's some companies that are talking about uh, i forget the name of who but more more trying to follow the uh, success of Airbnb's IPO, which I think is kind of what we saw also when Airbnb went public. Everybody else then tried to try to go public, which, yeah, it's kind of a has pretty much only worked out for Airbnb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even then, I think they're still down a little bit. Yeah, um, but everybody's down, so you can't blame them for that. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Michael, do you want to bring up your? Uh, interesting article why don't you um, play that chesky quote first all right let's do that we're gonna let actually brandy take it away after this quick clip um because she did bring up this kind of a spark of an idea conversation so let brandy take it away but here's a great clip from our well i was gonna quote michael from our fearless leader ryan chesky but <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna say that all right here we go <laughs> was a potato in the like idaho country fair it was owned by the Idaho Potato Commission, and they're like trying to dispose of this giant potato. Like, what do you do with like a 12 foot potato? This woman named Christy said, I'll take the potato off your hands and I'll dispose of it. But she didn't dispose of it. Instead, she turned it into an Airbnb. And this potato outside of Boise is now got, I think, like a six month waiting list. But in people, I don't think that like, I'm not saying potatoes are the future travel. I'm not saying that. <laughs> 
But That's I'm not the headline. Saying, please tweet it. Please share that. But I'm not it. saying they're not the future travel either. So we'll we'll have to see. But people actually do travel for that potato. It's ridiculous. It's crazy, and it's an extreme version of a norm of a more reasonable, rational point that suddenly, for more people, an interesting home becomes the destination. Because the longer you're away from home, the more you want to be in a home. And you know, maybe if you want to go somewhere for two days, you want to go to New York because you want to like see Broadway shows. But you have to go somewhere for a couple weeks. Maybe you want a yard, and maybe like you don't need to be in close proximity to like Broadway. You just need somewhere comfortable. So, interesting clip in the sense of, you know, talking about the property becomes a destination. Um, so, I think Brandy like. Because what you brought up through your article that you found and, and kind of shared with us in our group chat um, was more around the experience, too, I think, rather than just the property. So I'll kind of let you show, showcase that really quick before we um, dissect this, uh, this statement. Yeah. So in the current issue of Condé Nast Traveler, they have their predictions for the future of travel. And one of them that caught my eye was that sleeper trains will make a comeback. I have an IRL magazine. <laughs> wow. I know. What is that? I know. We should pretty, old, pretty old school. See? Someone's almost 30. <laughs> I know. Six more days. Um, so... <laughs> Um, but the article was talking about how this kind of like there's this demand for these, you know, destinations that are also the experience. They want the slow travel, kind of the old world elegance that these trains had. So they're these sleeper cars or sleeper trains. They focus on Belmont, which um, and their European train services, which are usually like an one overnight. And I think the one to assemble they're bringing back is five days. So it's like that really is part of your vacation. And you're specifically, you know, that's obviously not the fastest way to get to wherever you're going. But it's all about this kind of lush luxury that I think is really appealing to people and has this charm that, you know, obviously flying doesn't really have anymore. So yeah, I thought it was interesting. It's a different, it's kind of taking a taking us back in time a little bit and where people are really picking these types of experiences because, you know, because of that one destination and this destination is a train, but that's, you know, yeah. that's why people are willing to spend 10 grand a ticket to have yeah. an overnight train. hundred <laughs> percent. Well, it's just crazy too. Cause like, and this will lead perfectly into Michael, but when I first got into vacation rental management, we had a castle. It was about 22,000 square feet in Washington state on five acres. And the thing about that was like the, the thesis behind this investment for this real estate uh, investor was that this is the destination. People are not going to come to Washington. They're not going to drive an hour and a half from Seattle just to go look at the pumpkin patch or to go do this and to go do that. They're going to come here for the castle. They're going to stay in the property and they're not going to need to leave. They're going to have everything at their disposal um, this is becoming the destination. People are not coming for, you know, whatever else it might be. Um, and it, he was 100% right. And I think, um, as Michael knows, and as Brandy knows as well, with sexting with what you guys do on the property management side, like, that's the goal, right? I think that everyone has kind of had that in mind. Like, your property should be 100% um, the destination rather than the actual destination if that makes sense like yeah people are coming to miami but do they ever want to leave their penthouse when they book with sextant no they yeah. probably want to they probably want to stay 
So throw mass uh, parties in it, of course. One hundred percent. No part. There's never a party. No. Never. never. <laughs> Not never, Miami. Never. Not Miami. <laughs> yeah. Look, I think it's it's part of a new wave of travel where going to Paris or going to London or New York is um, I don't want to say played out, but COVID certainly changed traveler behaviors. And now it's about what looks good on Instagram, what stories you can bring back with you um, and experiencing something different, not, I mean, it's really comes down to the experience and you can just imagine people at your castle will and, rural Washington doing dorky night games or like you know, playing the huge and, floor chessboard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> doing sword fights down the hallway. Yeah. Um, but you know what Chesky said there that interesting properties become the destination is really the impetus of what, um, what we've built at storied collection. And we couldn't agree more people, people want, stories they want instagram they want uh, to experience something that they haven't maybe some of their friends haven't they can you know humble brag through their social medias and there's this trend only is accelerating you know with the the train piece it's i've slept on a sleeper train it it was an absolutely awful experience i wouldn't <laughs> recommend it um but to be fair, that was from Serbia to Bulgaria. So I don't know if it, if yeah. there's. Yeah, there's different more, classes, I think. More five-star <laughs> accommodations than, than that train. Um, so it was, I, I, I think it's going to be a, a cool trend to watch. You have to be careful, though, to try and repeat, uh, you know, a, a potato in rural Idaho, yeah. right? There can only be so many potatoes in rural Idaho. Um, but the good news for, for us at Storied is there's thousands of unique castles and manor houses with unique stories across Europe that, you know, from the place where William Shakespeare got married to a Tudor home that Henry VIII owned. Like there's every, every property has a cool and unique history. Yeah, I think that's kind of the thing is if you know the potato, for example, like you can't have more potatoes, you can't replicate that uniqueness because then obviously it's not unique anymore. So I think that's the trap that's maybe some people would be tempted to fall into, like trying too hard to find mm -hmm. that really unique piece. So yeah, I think each of your lovely castles having its own backstory. And then, you know, the 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 humble brag or not so humble bragging, the straight up bragging on the internet <laughs> is a huge motivator. Like if you can say that you've got this whole castle that, you know, Henry VIII had, you know, married his seventh wife, it becomes more, you know, about your story also online. Well, I was going to say that one of my first kind of like real experiences i think i've shared this on the podcast before or a while ago but like one of my first hospitality experiences into not just like short-term rentals but was um once i started with marriott i went to this boutique brand out in the oregon coast and they had not just a hotel they had you know a restaurant uh, they had a brewery they had all this extra stuff in the same city and the cool part about it was like i was so confused on the name of the brewery i'm like why is the name of the brewery public coast when the hotel is surf sand resort and the Stephanie Inn and like all these other different brands. Right. 
And the owner explained the story behind the brewery's name, which Public Coast ties into. Like he told me this whole story of the Oregon Coast is public, 362 miles. Uh, not one piece of land is owned by an in- individual person. Um, hence why it's called Public Coast. And anyways, he made that story so simple to tell and kind of gave a backstory into like some dates and times and history from Oregon. And anyways, long story short was that as a staff member, as an employee, I was able to share that story and communicate it well to the guest. And that's where I think, you know, people that stay with the storied collection, people that stay with the sextant property, um, they're going to have that ability to become what's the, what's the term from, um, fan to like a super fan, like, right. They're going to become part of your like an ambassador like, for the brand. Yeah. hundred percent. I think that's going to be playing a huge crucial role because they're going to have more than just a, you know, oh, I stayed in a castle. They're going to have a memory tied to it. They're going to have an emotion, a feeling, and usually something to, to add on to it. Yeah. To, to touch back on the train piece, I think given the, the world's, turn towards sustainability and everything. I think there's going to be your eco travel conscious people that will opt for trains um, and traveling to areas nearby them um, for a period of time. I think at some point when they've seen a lot that they could explore in their neighborhoods, they might get back on planes again. But I do think, um, it's going to be a trend over the next few years for sure with uh, with train travel and overnight trains uh, being you know, more eco-conscious, eco-friendly. Yeah, uh, that's part of the, the article that talks about, you know, I, and I, I think that a lot of things in this article or in this whole, you know, um, magazine about the future of travel, some of it's very lofty. And I yeah. think... Um, I don't know how realistic and, you know, I don't know if one of the reasons why incredibly rich people want to take this expensive car is like to reduce their carbon footprint. I mean, I think that that sounds nice they, on, they get on their private um, jet, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's funny because then a couple pages later, they, um, they talk about the future of aviation and all of these mm. like sustainable airplanes. And I'm just like, I, I feel like that technology is not within the next couple years. Like they're trying to make it no. seem, I mean, I'd love to be surprised, but yeah, the, um, I think, um, for, you know, the masses, if you're taking just like a normal train, I think train travel is becoming more popular. Like anecdotally here in South Florida, we have the bright line. And so you can go, you know, Palm beach, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, soon to be Orlando. And it's a great experience. So yeah, it will be interesting to kind of see how that evolves over the next couple of years. I was going to say, do you think that like, do you think this for, this is for both of you too. I think, do you guys with the experience we've all had with flying recently, like super massive delays, lost luggage, um, extremely like price gouging tickets for, excuse my language, shitty airlines like you know Spirit or Frontier, or even like United's, it's like jacking up their prices insanely. Um, that's not even worth it, uh, in my opinion. So screw you, United. Just kidding. Uh, don't hurt me. <laughs> Uh, but they're not going to sponsor uh, us now. Well, <laughs> I know because we, we want Delta. We want Delta in the last. That's right. I was about to say that there's an easy solution to all this. Just yeah. get on Delta instead. Get on Delta. Yeah. Um, pay like two grand a ticket for a two hour flight. Um, but anyways, if, do you if think you with these like, minute, more, yeah, think well, plan ahead. It's the moral of the story. And, okay. <laughs> uh, and we won't go into that. Uh, but I was going to say, do you guys think like this horrible experience that people are experiencing with it? And, you know, obviously gas is going up. So like that drive to destination idea maybe comes a little less, you know, exciting 
Um, do you think this experience behind it is kind of pushing people more towards these unique travel you know, stays, whether it's a train or a castle or a tree house or maybe even a um, like a converted van? Um, do you think that's pushing people towards this? Do you think it's just naturally been the course since you know COVID? What do you think is really the big driver behind this trend of unique stays and destination properties rather than the like, you know, earlier, oh, sorry not to ramble, but like AirDNA like went off of um, Brian's statement on more people are traveling to Austin, Texas than they are to Barcelona. So like proving the statement through the data, but do you think there's big drive? Like, yeah, anyways, I'll stop talking. Brandy, you want to go first? <laughs> Uh, well, I think uh, uh, when it comes to European travel or just, I mean, international travel right now, I mean, it's such a great, your dollar goes so much further. So it's a great time to go. If you, you know, couldn't rent a castle before, now's a great time to go do that. Um, and then domestically, I still think that the drive to unique experiences are still a thing. Like it's still, if you have a potato that's within driving distance that you can stay in and that's still appealing. I think it's, just like with everything in the last couple of years, I have no idea what's safe to say is a real trend because it seems mm -hmm. like you might have this thesis and then in a couple of months, it just gets totally blown apart. So yeah. um, I think it'll take a little while to, and we'll be able to look back at kind of this chunk of maybe like three to five years and actually see what the real, real trends are. Yeah, I think part of the shift is the focus or popularity of social media and, you know, going to the beach and staying in a kind of dumpy two bedroom condo isn't as Instagrammable as going into the mountains and you know, having a whatever palatial estate for yourself. Um, and then, you know, in, in terms of people that don't just go to the same beach every year for seven days, I do think, the, the gas prices and the airline prices drive people to stay places longer as well as the work from home trend. And when you do the math on, I could go rent out a castle in England for a week, or I could take my family to Disney and it's the same price, you know, go to a Disney castle or go to a real castle. It, the, the math kind of will drive you to, to go stay in a real one. So it's definitely a combination of, of economic pressures, but also how Instagram has influenced people's travel in a, in a very different way than what might logically make sense. But people love, love doing it for a, a few likes. Yeah. I mean, so if you're going to spend all that money, you might as well get some, you know, some likes. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think even not even Instagram, if you look at like TikTok and how much that's blown up and, you know, not to call out like certain companies, but I see Avant Stay. I've seen a bunch of other brands within our space on TikTok and doing pretty well made videos that are highlighting, you know, these property, you know, types that are destination like. Right. And so um, I think there's a with this micro form content. Um, being in the content world myself, like understanding, like this is where a lot of people are going. YouTube just did a huge update on their shorts uh, algorithm and platform for, you know, creators and how it all works. And long story short, they're driving a lot of traffic um, organically, which has been 
crazy because people are just consuming that. Um, and we've seen like there was even who was it that put out the statement if any like younger generation most likely if I would say probably from let's say 35 down would be if Netflix is on and they're not captivated by it and they're more captiv- captivated by their phone they're going to turn off Netflix and they're going to go to what's on their phone. Um, and I think that has a big big play in all of this too. So I haven't succumbed to TikTok yet. I'm really resisting. Yep, same. <laughs> same. Well, you're just seeing all you're seeing all the uh Will's a lot younger, Brandy. You're almost oh, in yeah. your 30s. You're almost I know. I'm not that much younger, guys. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, it's it's generational. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely it's definitely, you know, age bias, I guess, but whatever. Um but yeah, I don't know. I also think like Airbnb is going pretty heavy into categories and not to like use them as kind of like the cornerstone for everything. But um, with them shifting that whole homepage based off, uh, based off of a browsing type like experience where you can browse and be inspired by a property rather than the destination itself has a lot to say for how kind of people are looking at, at travel in general right now. Yeah, they're doing some great marketing for us. We appreciate it, Airbnb team. Keep doing it. Um, <laughs> you know, there's there's a quote of there's only two ways to make money in business. One is to bundle, and another is to unbundle. Um, so we view ourselves as an unbundled version of Castle segment of Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> That's too good. Well, uh, when's the when's the launch? By the way, when do you guys go live, go public? Is that is that maybe a, tomorrow? Uh, so only people listening know that it is wow. officially getting out. Um, but yeah, we only go, hinted at it a few times throughout the episode. Yeah, maybe maybe not. Uh, <laughs> go like, follow Storied Collection on Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever. Um, we appreciate it, the support, and help us spread the word. Go well, now you have to get a TikTok. So. I think we, they do. We've got a marketing firm that is has built one, yeah. But yeah. I refuse to. You're, you're not going to do the TikTok, Michael. <laughs> we want to see you do a trendy dance with all the cool yes. kids. Yeah, we'll, we'll get a dance together at some point. It's going <laughs> to probably be more like a Bridgerton dance than a. Uh, as I say, I think I think uh, the book direct show, the three of us, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to make a TikTok. I think that's. Oh my god. <laughs> Give me like, a couple cocktails it. and then we'll see. <laughs> couple espresso martinis coming exactly. right up. There yes, we go. Definitely. Awesome. Well, uh, good episode today. I would say for all of our live viewers, we had a couple of you say good morning and all that good stuff. So shout out to Brian and Tim um, for tuning in live. It uh, looks like on LinkedIn. And if you haven't already, Make sure you uh, like and subscribe to everything Good Morning Hospitality on your favorite social media platforms and or podcasting platforms. And we'll see you all again next week. Bye.